0: Good evening, everyone, and thank you for being here for the start of our Lenten session, uh, Life Transformed the Way of Love Through Lent. You have a few handouts on your table that we we may kind of address a little bit throughout the night. Mother Rita is here. She's going to lead us with our first session. The other thing that is in the middle of your table is a lovely table tent with homework if you choose to, to do it. Um, so basically, it is... Just taking some time maybe before next Thursday to reflect on some things that maybe take you away from God and that you think you might want to step away from during this Lenten season. Um, Just write a letter to yourself, a little reflective on what you think that might, what fruits might bubble up from giving some things up. And then there are also envelopes on your table, so you can write your name on the envelope, bring that letter back next week, give it to me, I'll keep it safe for you until the very last session, and I'll give it back to you. That way you have the opportunity to then reflect on how your Lenten journey went over the past six weeks. So but to seal it so,
1: so Jane won't read it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, yeah. she's not, she's <laughs> not going to read it. <laughs> um,
0: and with that, I will turn it over to another
1: reader. Okay, thank you, thank you. Well, uh, our first session in this, in this um, series is on prayer, and um, I think I've talked on prayer before in some other contexts, but our reading, we're going to start out with our scripture reading that is uh, for this series, and it's on the table, and it is Exodus 14, verses 10 through chapter 15, verse 1, and I need three volunteers the first person will read uh, uh, verses 10 to 15. Okay, Mike is going to do that one. And then the second person is going to take it up and read verses, not 10, no, I'm sorry, verses 10 to 18, Mike. Okay. And then the second person will read, verses. if we can get a second volunteer, verse 19 to 25. Okay. And then the third person will read verse 26 to the end. This is so long and so that's going to kind of break it up for us to so we all pay attention. <laughs> so. Okay, Mike.
2: I just want to
1: read, hmm? I oh, I think that they got the three. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry, Fred. I didn't see you and Adam didn't see you. Okay. Yeah, we have all three. Thank you, Mike. Mark. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> but you answered. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
2: I do. <clears throat> As Pharaoh drew near, the Israelites looked back, and they were where the Egyptians and there were the Egyptians advancing on them. In the great fear the Israelites cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, "Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us out, taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us?" bringing us out of Egypt. Is this not the very thing we told you in Egypt? Let us alone and let us serve the Egyptians, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, stand firm, and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today you shall never see again, the Lord will fight for you and, have you only, and you have only to keep still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry out to me? Tell the Israelites to go forward, but you lift up your staff and stretch out your arms over the sea and divide it, that the Israelites may go into the sea on dry ground. Then I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, so that they will go in after them. And so I will gain glory for myself over Pharaoh and all his army his chariots and his chariot drivers and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained glory for myself over the Pharaoh his chariots and his chariot drivers
1: Second reader The angel of God
3: the angel of God who was going before the Israelite army moved and went behind them and the pillar of cloud moved from in front of them and took its place behind them. It came between the army of Egypt and the army of Israel. And so the cloud was there with the darkness and it lit up the night and did not come near the, the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land and the waters were divided. The Israelites went into the sea on dry ground, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went into the sea after them, all the Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and chariot drivers. At the morning watch, the Lord, in the pillar of fire and cloud, looked down upon the Egyptian army and threw the Egyptian army into panic. He clogged their chariot wheels so that they turned with difficulty. The Egyptians said, Let us flee from the Israelites, for the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt.
4: Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, so that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and chariot drivers. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at dawn the sea returned to its normal depth. As the Egyptians fled before it, the Lord tossed the Egyptians into the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the chariot drivers, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained, but the Israelites walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great work that the Lord did against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord, and believed in the Lord, and in his servant Moses. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. Horse and rider, he is thrown into the sea.
1: The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So where, this is a long story, and it may be familiar to some, and it it may be new to some. Um, Where in this story do you see prayer happening? okay so what did the israelites ask god for
4: Mm -hmm.
2: yeah they they wanted to go back and serve egypt and that's to me they 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 were crying out not praying god do what you want and, and save us they were we don't want this, we want to go back.
1: Okay. And guess what that is? It's still prayer. Yeah. Debbie, you were getting ready to say something? No. Oh, okay. Okay. Did anybody else see prayer happening in this? Even if it even if even if they're not on their knees with their hands folded? A prayer of thanksgiving. Yes. You're absolutely right. I don't know if it
5: if it's relevant, but in my own life, I've tried to broaden my understanding of prayer. Right? I, I think there's this there's this traditional view of it being you know folding your hands and mm-hmm. at the bedside or what have you. But really, if, if you think of it as like a way of living, is a way of flowing through life is kind of a dialogue with god then yeah miss it for me it totally fits prayer yeah right? even and, the arguing piece it's like kind of the shaking the fist at god is a piece of prayer i don't think he's yeah. i don't think he's afraid of that um so yeah it, it seems like it is it's a dialogue it's a dance which is mm-hmm. a form of prayer right way of being
1: yeah and you've jumped to the end of the presentation so i'm done no, nice I'm perfect <laughs> So, but really, as we go through, so so the next question is, what comes to mind when you hear the word prayer or pray? And or so, and that could be why, it's kind of hard to look at this and say, okay, are they praying? Where are they praying? What comes to mind when you hear the word prayer or pray? Usually, I don't
6: see prayer as... Sorry.
1: <laughs> Usually, I don't see
6: prayer as actually praying except for in the traditional form of when we're praying in church or Mm -hmm. for communion but a lot of the times it's like having a conversation Mm -hmm. uh, because a lot of the times when you would say I'm praying it's just Maybe I'm out for a walk or on a drive, and I'm just having a conversation, but my head's not bowed and my eyes aren't closed because that's dangerous to do in both situations.
7: Yes. (laughs) So
6: I see it more as a conversation with God than, Mm -hmm. you know, going into the deep
1: stance of prayer. Right. And the word conversation means give and take, right? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Susan? I um,
8: nowadays see prayer as listening or or just trying to discern um, what the message is constantly. And um, that's, that's part of my prayer. And then singing is uh, very much.
1: So, uh, so you have different ways of praying. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, this is excellent. So, you know, there's a, there's a, a phrase that we hear Every time there's some kind of, of, of a disaster, we hear politicians or someone, and that's my thoughts and prayers are with you. And some people are beginning to see that as trite. And sometimes it could be the co- a code for, or it feels like it's a code for, we're not really gonna do anything. But yet, throughout life, when the stuff really hits the fan, what do we do? prayer is one of the first things that a lot of us go to. So even watching the news, when stuff has hit the fan, some of us are praying, yes. So I have learned, if I do say the the phrase, my thoughts and prayers are with you, you know, and if I can, I follow it up with, so how can I pray for you? That kind of communicates to the person, well, this is, she's serious about praying. Yeah. So prayer is a way that we have a connection to our own divine source. In the heart of God, there is forgiveness when we don't, when I don't have enough. But the connection is always there. And praying reminds us of that connection. I think names are Melissa. I think, I think Melissa's talked about the giving the conversation. So there's a reminder when, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but but when Melissa is praying, she's reminded that, that she can also listen. Yeah, because that's the conversation is, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's saying that prayer is more than a monologue. And you know what? I realize that might be news to some people. One one thing that we have in the Episcopal Church that's a great wealth is the Book of Common Prayer. (laughs) Exactly, and it is, it's a prayer book. And I have said, not being a cradle Episcopalian, but you know, the Book of Common Prayer, you really have to adjust to it. It is not user-friendly, in my opinion. (laughs) <laughs> you know, so you kind of adjust to how you use it. What somebody said? I agree. Oh, okay, yeah. And I am afraid of what to <laughs> Uh-huh, okay, and don't forget the mic. <laughs> yeah, but the mic is lit right there. So, if I came across, if I came from this divine source, then we get to maintain connection. You know, if I came to this divine source, then we get to maintain that uh, a connection to the divine source. And prayer allows us to remind ourselves that our connection is to God. That way we, we don't forget. Unless you're just in the habit of walking around talking to yourself, which I do that too. You know, <laughs> and I think we all do to some extent. And the thing about it is that God already knows our prayers. So what's the point? <laughs> then why are we praying? So who was changed most by the, by, the, who was changed by the practice of prayer? People are pointing to themselves. Yeah, we're the ones who are changed by the practice of prayer. So now there's a time when language is important, and there's a time when meditation and silence is important. There's a time when expression of our broken hearts is important. And sometimes when we can't find the language, that's what written prayers are for. Now, I grew up in a church that really, really um, avoided written prayers. I grew up in in an atmosphere that said that written prayers were not really holy. They weren't really spirit-filled. They're not your words. And, you know, I don't agree. I don't know. I, I think the person who maybe originated that thought, had never been so depressed that they couldn't pray. Or sometimes so physically ill that you can't pray. And there are some written words that, the thing about it, every church says the Lord's Prayer and that is a written prayer. And so that's, some, that's a go-to. And someone mentioned singing their prayers. Is that Susan You yeah, mentioned singing the prayers. There, there are many hymns that are prayers. There probably are, are uh, secular songs that are prayers for, for some people that we can all think of, some prayers that, that, that we've... So there are many ways to approach the practice of prayer. Anybody have any comments at this point or questions or? I
5: think
1: among... Oh, let's, let's get you the mic, yeah. <coughs> Sorry, Fred. We, we, we want the people at home to hear you. Yeah.
3: I think in Ohio with that train wreck mm-hmm. uh, and the frustration with the politicians of all stripes there's probably a lot of intercessions and petitions yes. for help and prayer
1: yes especially since there's physical illness now it sounds like there are people with with some physical things happening to their bodies as a result
6: Melissa I was going to say I, from your emotions mm-hmm. that if you were going to say a prayer you needed to express the emotions that you were having in that point in time the only prayer that i was raised on as a written prayer was the lord's prayer and so when we were given the book of common prayers i took the time to just glance through it because there are times in life such as when a family member passes away or um when you're dealing with something that you just don't know exactly what you should say or do or how to ask you know for guidance from the lord um, that book of common prayer was very helpful Mm -hmm. Um, prime example my grandma passed away four days before i had surgery Mm -hmm. and i was just an emotional wreck as it was because of um, the transitions I was taken in, in our life to prepare for surgery. And then like this f- fell in my lap mm-hmm. and, um, you know, she was put on hospice and then passed away very quickly after she was put on hospice. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those things to where, um, just looking at that book of common prayer, it gave me guidance without having to actually find the words to speak, to speak to God, um, mm-hmm. uh, because, I I was at a loss, so that definitely helps um, mm-hmm. when when you don't know what to say.
1: Yes, it does. And you had people in this room, pe- some people who were here who were praying for you at that time, also. Yes, I know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So our Exodus reading, kind of kind of back to that a little bit. You know, I, I just want to say something about that story. That's one of my favorite Bible stories, and you know, uh, and. Um, what I did as I was preparing for this, full disclosure, I went to YouTube and I found an old clip from the Ten Commandments, the movie, the Ten Commandments, that was made in the 60s, am I correct, or was it the 50s? I think it was the 60s, Charlton Heston, Yul Brynner, Edward G. Robinson, you know, all of those old names, and I just wanted to see this scene, I thought I remembered, you know, from little kid, watched it every Easter, you know, because that's when it came on. And, you know, go back and look at that if you get a chance to. There are several different clips on YouTube, but it's pretty impressive. First of all, the special effects for that time, you know, it's still pretty impressive. And also the drama this is a dramatic story, the drama. It's also a very sad story because a lot of people died. And I think that as a kid watching it, you know, um, you, you, you're choosing the good guy and, and the supposedly bad guys. And so I didn't go through that emotion. But I noticed this time just watching, I thought, you know, a lot of people died, you know, because of the Pharaoh's uh, kind of ego <laughs> you know, of saying this is what I want. And, but also, the prayer that was going on during that, during watching the clip, once again, it wasn't traditional prayer, but it was obvious that when, those, when the Israelites were walking between the, the walls of water, because it was like there was a big wall of water on the left and a big wall of water on the right, they were looking around terrified. And I'm sure those folks were praying. You know, even the people who were arguing with Mo- with 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 Moses the whole time, saying, w- you know, we could have stayed in Egypt, and you, you know, they were they were trusting something at that time because they they knew that this was a miracle, and this was something miraculous that happened, and they were kind of in the middle of all of this. So, looking at looking at our text and the story of Exodus, one thing about it is that. This is one of the most important baptismal stories in the Bible, and that's why this story, uh, this particular scripture reading, is always included in the in the uh, in the Easter Vigil service. That is the one scripture reading. There are lots the readings. If you've been, if you haven't experienced Easter Vigil, please come this year. That's the Saturday before Easter, and at Easter Vigil, it's like the history you know, of the Bible is read that night. You hear lots of different scripture that night. And, but this story is the only one in the Book of Common Prayer that is required. You know, the other ones will say, you may read or you may read, you know, but this one is required. And so th- this story is one of the most important baptismal stories in the whole Bible because in, if you've seen a baptism, there's a blessing over the water and a blessing that is prayed at every baptism. And what included in that blessing is that we remember that the Hebrews were liberated from from bondage through Egypt from water. You know, uh, so, did I say that correctly? We remember that the Hebrews were liberated from bondage in Egypt through water. I got my prepositions you know, swapped up there. So the Exodus reading, like I said, is the only one that's required in the Easter Vigil. And This is due to the way God delivered Israel through the Red Sea and the pillar of fire that lit the way for the people. And the the Paschal Candle is symbolic of that pillar of fire. The Paschal Candle that is lit every Easter vigil. And um, I like the way we do it at St. Andrews. And, And I still love Holy Week. I told somebody, we were talking tonight, and I said, well, this will be my first time, you know, on a clergy staff during Holy Week. So I hope I continue to love (laughs) Holy Week because it's a, you know, it's a long week, you know. But when I first came to the Episcopal Church, I was just, I fell in love with Holy Week. I came from a church that I, I tell, the way I say it is that we went straight to Easter, you know, you know, as a matter of fact, they even, they even really love to say, as kind of a jab to other churches, we serve the risen Christ. Well, Holy Week gives, up, gives us a chance to work up to that risen Christ. How did it happen? You know, what, what, what happened to, to bring us to the Resurrection Sunday? So the story is woven, is woven all throughout Easter Vigils, showing God's liberating action for the Hebrews in the Bible, and, and we translate that to the liberating action in our own lives. So the whole story is a story of prayer. That, that's the thing about this whole story is, you know, it's a story of prayer, begging God to save us. Begging God to, you know, constantly begging God to protect them. And then, as I think, I think it was De- Debbie who pointed out, the Thanksgiving at the end. You know, the, 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 the liberation song that Miriam led the people in. I grew up singing a song. I won't sing it now, but it's a really fun song about the horse and rider thrown into the sea. You know, <laughs> if, ever, if anyone has ever heard that song. but <clears throat> So we have prayer that's woven throughout. So it's intriguing. the intriguing aspect is how prayer is intertwined through every step that the Israelites took in their path to liberation. So when they were afraid and doubted, they prayed and their prayer was heard by God who told them that God would not abandon them. When they were overtaken by the Egyptians, their, when they were about to be overtaken by the Egyptians, their prayer for deliverance was answered in a miraculous way. And then finally, as I just said, their prayer of thanksgiving and song. So we have different types of prayer, and um, I think that you're going to get, or, or do you already have that? So there, there is a handout on your on your table, and um, I'm just going to kind of. Uh, skip through it and this is about the different types of prayer so that first one was, is adoration that's the handout that we're looking at now I'm just going to skip through it and anytime anybody has any question like what is this just let me know so the different types of prayer and this is straight from the catechism in the book of common prayer and these are the different, different types of prayers adoration which is lifting our hearts and minds to God asking for nothing but do, to enjoy God's presence and then we have praise, and uh, I like to use an example of uh, uh, Psalm 150, you know, praise ye the Lord, praise him in the temple and dance, praise him, the, you know, with the harp, Pray, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So, and again, it's not to, it's, we're asking nothing, but because we're praising God because of who God is, So I thought it was interesting. I never noticed this before, that there is that they are uh, uh, kind of differentiating between adoration and praise. And the adoration part is, God, you're great. God, you're wonderful. God, you are a God of peace. God, you are, you know. And so then we go to praise, and then you're talking about actually, you know, how you're praising God. And then you have thanksgiving, so we offer gratitude for blessings, for redemption, for whatever draws us closer to God. I know that when Melissa got through her surgery and even, even now through your grief journey, there's so much you can, you can be grateful to God for and thank God for. And so we find that in our prayer walks, being grateful to God and there's penitence, which is, is kind of what we went through last night, and that's what Lent is all about, is penitence. The way we say we're sorry, we confess our sins, we make amends, and life change whenever that's possible. And one of the things that, about that some people don't realize that does exist in the Episcopal Church is confession. I know it's, it's required, uh, I believe, in the Catholic Church, church, going to the priest for, com- for confession is not required in the Episcopal church, but you can request to, uh, to give your confession to a priest. And so the priests at St. Andrews are available for confession. Now, we don't have a confessional, but it's, it's done in a special way, usually in the office, and it's private. I have, I have done it with, with an actual um, confession uh, lit- liturgy, there is one, of course, the Book of Common Prayer, it has one available. And I found some others that I, that I like to use. So that's something to think about because that's a, that's a practice that people often will do. That they make it their Lenten practice. There are people who every year, they go to their priest for confession at Lent. Or a priest somewhere else, doesn't have to be your priest. So and like I said, this, this isn't something that the Episcopal Church requires, but it's available to you. And, and I like to let people know because I think I was in the Episcopal Church for a few years before I knew, before I knew this, before I knew it existed. Now oblation, that means a thing that's offered to God, ourselves, our lives, and our labors for God's purposes. So what are you offering to God? That also is a form of prayer. And then the next one on the list is intercession. The things that we are bringing before God, we bring before God the needs of others. When Father John was, was, uh, was presiding tonight over the over trail site service, and you know it opened up for prayer requests or prayer concerns, most of them were, were for the needs of your friends or family. And so that's what intercession is for. Uh, the group we have—we have an intercessory group here at St. Andrew's called the Order of St. Luke's. And people will let, let a priest know, will let one of the priests know, will let someone know who's in the Order of St. Luke's that they that they have a prayer need, and then they send out emails, and these are confidential emails that go to the people who are who are committed to praying. They're a part of the Order, uh, the order of St. Luke. And, and these are confidential. This isn't, this isn't a time for people to go around gossiping. But this, this is what happens in a confidential way. So intercessory prayer is happening through email. <laughs> and it can, happen, it can happen other ways, too. And then we have petition. So we present our own needs. And that's when we ask God's will. That, and we ask that God's will be, may be done. And that's something to not forget when you pray. I know we come with desires. We, we, we come, you know, especially when something's going on, you, you come with, with specific desires. But also, um, what, what I've heard, is you pray the prayer that never fails. And that is, thy will, not mine, be done. And sometimes it's been hard for me to pray that because, okay, this is what I want to happen and I don't want, you know, something else to happen. So as you look over this list... Is there any type of prayer that speaks to you? And some of you have already mentioned the different prayers, but is there any type of prayer that speaks to you most or louder? Not most, but louder. Okay. (laughs) We have Rich. Rich.
3: I was thinking uh in church services uh every uh week we pray for the president joe biden happens to be the one now
1: wait a minute we pray for
3: the pre- president
1: oh yes uh-huh mm-hmm. yeah i'm sorry that was just my hearing okay.
3: um so i added a name when we pray for the president of a guy that i abhor it's uh chief justice clarence thomas
1: Mm-hmm
3: and I wondered, I, I don't see it fitting in any of these, and I wonder if I'm not doing it uh, more to benefit me than I am him, but I just pray that, you know, that he makes good decisions. That's all, okay. I, that's all I would like.
1: Yeah, there is a practice that, it's not just from 12 steps, but I'm, I'm remembering from, that I've heard, you know, through 12 steps of uh, when, when there's someone that you, now you didn't use the word resent, but when there's someone that, that you resent or you were abhor or you don't like is that pray for them regularly. And I I still think that that's intercession. Because you're praying for that person. Now I didn't say we bring before God the needs of others who we like. <laughs> you know, yeah, it didn't say that. And so yeah, there's there are people I can br- think of a couple that come to mind who I spent some time praying for them regularly. Praying for, pray for them the same things that I would want for me. Pray for their prosperity, pray for their safety, pray for their health, pray for their families. And it's hard. I'm not saying, (laughs) you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I don't go around praying, oh, you know, that the opposite happens. We see that in the Bible quite a bit, by the way. You know, the wars, especially with David in the Psalms, his prayers can be kind of disturbing. It's okay to be disturbed. You know, oh, God, kill them all. Let their blood run in the street. You know, it's like, really, David? <laughs> you know, you know so, so when you read some of those Psalms, it's like, but for whatever reason, those were his thoughts, and it was still included in Scripture And that was his prayer, but that's not the way I choose to. I choose to pray. Maybe tempted sometime, but that's not the way I yeah, Yeah. Debbie? uh The one oblation.
4: Mm. That is, uh, I don't know that I've heard that as a type of prayer before. That was kind of new to me. It's a little vague.
1: Yeah, when I saw that too, the only thing I could think of was was during some ceremonies when you pour out, uh, I believe the word is still oblation, you pour out, you know, for the ancestors, you're asking the ancestors to bless you, so that's what came to mind when I saw that, because I was intrigued, the fact that I didn't realize that that was on on this list either, but it means, like I said, it means a thing offered to God, and this This definition I did not get from the Book of Common Prayer, I got it from Webster or Miriam Dictionary. A a thing offered to God which can be ourselves, our lives, and labors for God's purposes. So when we're pouring out ourselves to God, it's, it's, it's it's an oblation that is being offered to God.
2: I think oftentimes when we're praying for missionaries, that's how we're praying. We want God's glory to be seen through those missionaries, not... That missionary's glory.
1: Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you. Any other comments about this list, or what, one of the things has, that's, that's left off here? And maybe I know that the that a revision of the Book of Common Prayer is has been going on for I think about ten years, and it's still going on. You know, as they duke it out. Perhaps on this list will, will be added meditation a silent approach to God. Many, many of us in this room, I know, practice that. You know, a, a time of coming, and for me, it's a time of leaving myself open for the presence of the Holy Spirit. And for me, that's a time of prayer. Fred? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, Deb has to. Thank you, Deb.
3: Isn't um, at the end of every service When the congregation is dismissed, Uh isn't that kind of um, uh, an oblation where...
1: Like the blessing? The blessing we're offering ourselves
3: to go out and do Mm -hmm. God's work.
1: Go in peace to love and serve the Lord, right? That's that's Deacon Adams' line, you know? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Thanks for reminding us of that. Yeah. Keep my eyes on the clock here. So, um, and I, I may have already asked this, but I'm, I'm going to ask as I have it down here. Is there a type of prayer that comes nat- naturally to you that anybody would like to share? What comes naturally to you?
5: I wouldn't, I wouldn't say naturally, but I'll go the opposite to your question. One of the reasons why I think of prayer as a more holistic piece is because I grew up think, thinking that there's this idea of a quiet time. You get up in the morning, you read your Bible, you pray, you know, that's what everybody taught you and i was never good at that frankly yes. like i tried a million times i can't even count how many times i tried mm-hmm. to make that work in my life and it just never did mm-hmm. and so part of my new understanding of prayer and what it means to pray in dialogue with god was just trying to give myself credit for stuff mm-hmm. that didn't fall in that category mm-hmm. because i was like hey it, this isn't working so like how can i get some spiritual credit for something else and mm-hmm. so I I guess I would answer that in the negative that the traditional idea of a quiet time sitting down and spending 25 minutes reading and praying, I was just never good at it. Yeah. And so I had to say, okay, well, like going to church is praying, being Mm -hmm. open to things is praying, um, you know, just a sense of, of, a Surrender is praying, mm-hmm. like doing the things I'm supposed to do, the right next action is praying. I had to start giving myself credit for things that weren't in that traditional uh-huh. category so that I could be spiritual in some sense. Oh, anyway, well, yes,
1: yes, and I and I agree with you, yeah. Uh huh, Susan. Um, when you say naturally,
8: <laughs> the word, <laughs> word naturally uh, touches me because, um, um i'm very much at home in nature and in fact i had a career as a naturalist and when i'm outdoors um it's just so easy to feel like i'm Mm -hmm. with god and talking to god and seeing answers from nature Mm. just uh, kind of the stories and the interpretations that i have learned by studying nature are Mm. it it just kind of helps me Um, be aware of God. And I have a second one too. Uh (laughs) Um, Part of my childhood was in my mother's uh, church every other year. It's kind of a weird church thing, but my mother was Missouri Synod, Lutheran Mm -hmm. preacher's kid. And my father was Unitarian and they had their whole married life together, but they decided with their kids that one year we'd go to Unitarian Sunday School and one year we'd go to Missouri Synod Lutheran. Well, that
1: had (laughs) to be interesting.
8: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, one thing I got out of church was music. Mm. And um, from both churches, just uh, in liturgy, how prayers come through musically and that has always stayed with me, so mm. that, that's just in there.
1: Yes. Thank you. Thanks, thanks Susan.
6: I would say, for me, the <coughs> most common thing that, like, stands out when it comes to prayer is the prayer for Thanksgiving. Um, there are so many things in life that we take advantage of, um, such as food on our table, you know, heat in our house, you know, water to drink. Um, And it has come to a point over the last couple of years that I just take a moment every day just to say thank you for what we have in our lives. Um, And I think the biggest reason why that's come to forefront is because I've been faced with a lot of medical challenges, but I say day in and day out, I'm forever thankful for the medical staff, the equipment that's available, you know, whatever that is there that I face every single day, that it's available to me because in some countries, it's not. You uh-huh. know, in some parts of this world, the things that we take advantage yes. of every single day is not available to everyone, and so I just give God praise and yes. thanks for making that possible. Um, you know, just to
1: keep me on a healthier lifestyle yes that's a good point how many urgent cares do you pass on the way home you know so we we have that available to us are there any you know this kind of reminds me of not that reminds me because we went through a prayer series when this first started when we were meeting in the jewel room and we talked about different kinds of creative prayers are then this is not to put anyone on the spot but if anyone has like a creative prayer that you that you use sometime or all the time that you'd like to share with us and some of the examples that I have down here is like walking a labyrinth prayer beads journaling coloring singing has already been mentioned any anybody try any of these or have any experience or not good experience with anything e- either way it's fine You getting it on yeah okay
6: we had to turn it on first
1: okay yes <laughs> um i pray when i run
4: i'm a runner okay And so that when i run i pray so long runs that's a lot of praying mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's yeah that's it's not a labyrinth i'm not
1: singing but i'm praying when i run yes that's important Um, Annie, Annie Lamont has a book out, Help, Thanks, Wow. That's the name of it. And she says there are three kinds of prayers, help, thanks, and wow. And her wow was like someone like nature. You go out and there's a sunset. Sometimes it takes your breath away. You know, it, if it's just the right moment, you go out or the moon, you know, or something, and you just go, wow. And you realize that, that that's a prayer. It's being grateful. Don, listen. Feeling the presence of God in, in the Eucharist. uh-huh, yeah, so that's kind of a prayer of, of almost of penitence just before you take Eucharist, yes, uh-huh. Adam has something to say about that yeah
5: but Don you'll be happy to know that during Lent at the 8 a.m. service we offer the prayer of humble access which is that prayer Mm -hmm. before we receive communion and that's because it's a portion of our uh, Eucharistic prayer A so that's the end that's the season we're going into and I too as a Roman Catholic feel great joy in expressing my humility in that way. So, I hope you can make one of the early services to hear it and pray with us.
1: Yeah, it's good to know that that it, that it does exist. Susan, <laughs> uh, when you said wow,
8: uh-huh. it just always reminds me of the title of the book, The Color Purple, and the meaning of that title was these two girls walking through a field full of purple flowers and uh, feeling like God was noticing when they mm. saw the beauty of the purple flowers. Yes. Like that is the wow, uh-huh. the color purple, that you notice it. Yes. There. yes. Uh-huh.
0: So one of our online participants, Rosina, um, says that she uses prayer beads, which okay. I, I use as well, and then I'm also a knitter. So sometimes I find it really meditative just to almost pray with each stitch.
1: Yes, yes, and there are so many different kinds of prayer beads. There are Anglican prayer beads, and we all are, have heard of, at least have heard of the rosary, the Catholic rosary, and um, I know that I was introduced to praying the rosary uh, the first year of COVID when there was someone I knew who, was, who offered to uh, pray the rosary online, and I decided to join. It was like once a week. And I decided to join in and really begin to appreciate praying the Rosary. Was there a hand up? No, I was waving. Oh, you're waving. Okay. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Excuse me a moment. Let me turn this off and. So we're actually doing what I was going to ask next, if anybody wants to comment on what they're doing currently in their own prayer life. And once again, that's not to put anyone on the spot, but if you want to comment on anything different or creative that you have going on. Are there any a- areas of growth? Or is there anything you will, absolutely, I'll never do that again. You know, <laughs> Sometimes that happens. You know. Okay, Kathy's turning on
7: the mic. Um, I have found that so many times it's very difficult for me to pray just, you know, just because I'm just not emotionally there. Mm-hmm. But I have learned um, to go to people who are very good at it. There are some people who are just really wonderful mm-hmm. prayers. Mm-hmm. And one of those is, um, she's back in California, and we would do this together when I lived there, but I can still call her and I say, would you pray? And it's just amazing the difference it makes. Yeah. Yeah, so sometimes it takes another person, Mm
1: -hmm. yeah. Yes, I have a good friend who said, you know, we don't talk every week, she lives in another city, and she's on my mind sometimes, and I'll just reach out with a text or a phone call, and she'll go, you must have known I needed prayer. She goes, every time you do that, some, you know, something's going on, and I need prayer, so there are those uh, supernatural connections. Well, we're going to do a, a prayer litany that's going to have passed out here. Yeah. Have more than enough copies. (laughs) Oh yeah. There, there are other handouts on the table, but this one isn't on your table yet. So yeah. So you would of course, uh, do the bold words. And I'll do the words that are not in bold, and this is unusual because the bold words af- actually start off first. So, this is an adapted uh, form of the Lord's Prayer, and I adapted it from um, a much longer ad- adaptation, uh, which is by uh, um, Lutheran. Um, I always get the words, the the acronym right. ELCA Lutheran. Lutheran Church of America, ELC, uh Pastor uh, Nadia Bolts-Weber, and, and of course, author. So you go ahead and start together with. Our, our mother, our holy parent, the source of all being from whom we came and to whom we return. Amen. Who art in everything, who art in orphanages and neonatal units, and jail cells and luxury high rises, who art in churches and street corners in every kind of neighborhood. Hallelujah. Holy is your name. We have attributed our own ego and wishful thinking, and greed and malice and racism and, and ambition and manipulation of others to your name, and yet your name remains holy. God, right now, we beg you to bring more than just a small measure of heaven to earth, because if you haven't noticed, it's a mess down here. Lord, so we need your kingdom to speed it up with an extra dose of compassion for all of us. Your will, not ours, be done. Forgive us when we use prayer as a self help technique or as a divine vending machine. You are our only holy, you are our holy parent. Your name is holy. Your love is boundless, and you want to hear our prayers. Give us today our daily bread. Give us our daily bread, our daily naan, our daily tortillas, our daily chapati, our daily ugali our daily rice. Give us the gift of enoughness. Give us today our desire for our neighbor to be fed. Forgive us when we hate what you love. Forgive us when we would rather anesthetize ourselves than feel anything. Forgive us for the terrible things we think about our own bodies, Bodies you have made in your image. Forgive us for thinking we know the hearts of our enemies. (coughs) Deliver us from the inclination that we too do not have evil in our hearts. Deliver us from religious and national exceptionalism. Deliver us from addiction and depression. Deliver us from self-loathing. Deliver us from self righteousness. Deliver us from a complete lack of imagination about where you are in our lives and how you might already be showing up. As Jesus taught us, we are throwing this bag of prayers at your door. We are your children, and we are claiming your promises as our own today. Some of us don't know if we believe in you. Some of us are distracted and just going through the motions. Some of us are desperately in love with you, but all of us are your children. Lord, hear our prayer. Use these prayers to hammer us all into vessels that can accept the answer when it comes. For the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen thank you thank you for being such a great group has some things to say about some of the handout did you have something yes
0: yeah there is one additional handout it looks like a calendar and that's exactly what it is um, is a linton calendar so if you want to try out a few additional practices, there it breaks it down day by day. If you feel completely overwhelmed, maybe you pick and choose. If you feel still overwhelmed, you don't have to do it at all. But at least it's some resources for you to take and reflect during this Lenten journey. So thank you so much, everyone.